Hello and welcome to the Fishcast. We are the world's first and foremost and best and goodest Fishman's podcast. Coming at you again from our third quarantine episode. No longer really quarantine, more of just like a global <laughs> global fear, global catastrophe. I'll let it be known that I'm doing pretty good. We're, we're Desp- fine. Despite the madness, I'm, I'm here. We, we are white and we have... <laughs> Privilege. What is known as privilege. It's true. No, but seriously, I mean, we, we don't have like a super huge platform, but we definitely wanted to reaffirm that Black Lives Matter. If you have the means, you should definitely donate to a worthy organization or go out and protest or do you something. Definitely protest and loot. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's pretty much no room in the Fishman's fandom for any sort of bigotry, we feel like. I mean, we know the band hasn't really said anything on this, given that they're from Japan. They're no longer active. But I feel like if Shinji was still kicking, he would probably be out protesting. Wait a second. They're Japanese? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying, they seem like some progressive, nice boys. You think that? Maybe. (laughs) Shinji was a huge racist. Shinji's a Nazi. (laughs) Damn. Anyway, so this episode, yeah. It's sort of going to be a weird one for us. It's going to be a mix of an album review. And also, we're going to be going over our results from the listener poll from last month. Y'all so, remember that? Yeah. I remember that. We got a pretty good response. We got 25 responses, and we have, like, I think 40-ish subscribers on YouTube, along with uh, some people who listen on the Discord. So I thought that 25 responses was pretty good, given that we were asking for some pretty detailed lists from you guys. So thank you if you sent something in. And, and yeah, if you didn't send anything in, thank you as well. Thank you as well, just for listening. But we'll get to that in the second half of the episode. But the first half of the episode is going to be de- dedicated to O Mountain, the first live sort of album from Fishman's. But before that, we have a bit of housekeeping and fact-checking over our last episode on Orange. So one of our listeners, Spencer, pointed out some pretty obvious errors from our Orange episode that we wanted to correct. The first of which was uh, revolving around Waikiki Beach. I believe I said in the episode that um, Fishman's recorded in Hawaii. When we were talking about how they recorded Orange partially in London, I said, oh, you know, they also recorded in Hawaii. But this is not true. I I remember seeing that they recorded in Waikiki Beach on the internet, but it turns out that was just the name of their studio in Japan. Let it be known that I knew they didn't record it. <laughs> but he Hawaii. didn't correct me on the air. So. I, to be fair, I didn't really know what you were talking about, so I just kind of let you say yeah. that thing. So Whatever. Fishman's, I mean, they might have recorded in Hawaii, but if they did, we don't know about it. And Waikiki Beach is their studio in Japan. So that was the first error from that episode. And the second one was the gender of Sugar Yoshinaga, the guitarist from Buffalo Daughter, Ooh, who yeah. helped the band record on Orange. Uh, I believe we referred to Sugar as... A dude, but well, Sugar is actually a woman, so we're very sorry for misgendering you, Sugar. If you ever want to come on the show, <laughs> if you were listening and you got offended, we're very sorry. But yeah, you should definitely go check out Buffalo Daughter. And Buffalo Daughter should definitely check out us. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, Spencer, for pointing those out for us. And yeah, if we ever say anything that's like obviously false, feel free to just comment on the video or email us and let us know. Because I mean, we're big fans of Fishman's, but we're not necessarily like huge experts on a lot of this minutia. And although we try our best to research before each episode, we're gonna make some mistakes. It was just the orange episode had a lot of them. (laughs) Let it be known, I am an expert. That's true. I have an excuse because I just got into the band like last December. It's it's funny because I'm not being serious. Uh, I don't know anything about this band. (laughs) Anyway, so O Mountain. This is an album. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So this is the first of Fishman's two live studio albums, which basically consist of a mix of live content and some reworked content in the studio by Zach. It was sort of reworked and remixed. He added on some more like electronic textures. In fact, the, the material on O Mountain actually originates from 11 different concerts that the band played in their O Mountain tour in the fall of 1994, which was sort of the, the orange tour that they did around Japan. Ooh. Yeah, good for them. Cool. I, I really wonder why it was called the O Mountain Tour. You think they would have just called it the Orange Tour? Um, I'm an expert, but I'm not that much of an expert. <laughs> You're not, you don't have an inside into Shinji's psyche. That's true. All right. So this album was released in 1995, a few months after Orange. And yeah, it was named after the tour. And while most of the tracks on this album come from Fishman's main studio albums up to this point, it does feature a few new tracks as well as some cool interludes that are kind of fresh. I think cool is a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> some <laughs> interludes. Yeah. Yeah, so the cover art, let's talk about it. Once again, there are two cover arts. Have yes. you seen both of them? I have. Yeah, so the main one is uh, Shinji holding his guitar. There are some cool lines over his face and like a, cir a circle. And then there's another one where he has a microphone and he's sort of over like a desert background. But on both of them, the band's name and the album title appear in this really blocky looking metallic font. I don't like the font. Yeah, it's really unique compared to a lot of their other fonts because generally, I mean, on Orange and Kingmaster, they use kind of similar fonts, which are a bit goofier and like funky. Sort of fit the vibe of the band a little bit better. This one, I feel like the font on this cover fits the vibe of the album, not necessarily like the band, the band overall. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. And I like the album cover. I think it conveys the sound quite well. It's definitely a bit darker and moodier than their earlier album, so I think the colors on the cover kind of reflect that. You could say that. <laughs> you could. It's it's <laughs> it's a cover. Yeah. I don't dislike the cover, I just don't really have anything to say about it. Cool. I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah. it exists. Yeah, you know. I've never really thought about it as being a particularly great cover. I've never thought about it as being a particularly great album, but we'll get into that. <laughs> oh, man. So, adjectives. Uh, so, as you know, if you've listened up to this episode, we like to pick one letter of the alphabet and then pick three adjectives to describe each album, starting with that letter. And this time I got X and Chris got T, and I, being a diligent, responsible podcast <laughs> host, actually found three words that began with X to describe O Mountain, but Chris did not find words with T because he's lazy. <laughs> I think this is really funny that Ray, despite getting the letter X, X. still came through with adjectives on time. Uh, I, I didn't. I got a fairly easy letter, and I just decided, you know, you know, I'll let the album speak for itself. So, I mean, I guess I'll go second, but I, I told Chris, since I didn't want to wait to record the episode for him to find his, his dumb adjectives, <laughs> he can just pick any adjective that he wants, just off the top of his head, so... Yeah, go for it. You know what? I think this album is pretty good. That's two words. <laughs> good. Pretty good. Good. Okay, do a third one. Oh, I was replacing pretty good with good. Oh, uh, that's that's two. It's fine. Just okay. Do a, a um, third and, adjective. Uh, dub. Dub. <laughs> there you go, folks. O Mountain, according to Christian Garcia, is pretty good, good, and also dub. I agree somewhat. <laughs> it's definitely Fishman's most dubby album up until this point. Like, they've definitely had some dub influences, but a lot of the early stuff, as Chris would tell you, gets mischaracterized as dub a lot when it's actually more reggae. Don't call Chappie Don't Cry dub ever again. <laughs> it is Or reggae. I will come and find you. But yeah, this album, it's definitely 
I mean, I call it bass boosted, but it's not necessarily that the bass has been literally boosted, but it's just a bit more prominent, and the mixes are very bass heavy, and they're just heavier sonically, which is very dubby. I, I, I agree. I guess you agree because you chose dub as your adjective. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I do my, my three X adjectives? Please, I'm curious. These are exciting. And what, like because I got X, there's only like 10 adjectives that start with X. So it wasn't really like me picking ones that fit very well. I'm ready for xenophobic. <laughs> it was more like me picking an adjective and just trying to <laughs> fit it to the album. All right, and I also, Xylophone. forgive me if I pronounce these wrong. The first one is uh, uh, Ziphophilus. Excuse Do you me? know what Ziphophilus means, Chris? Does it look like I know what Ziphophilus so, means? So, the dictionary definition of Ziphophilus is having sword-shaped-like leaves. So hear me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of like what I was just saying. While much of Fishman's early music is very evocative of like spring and summer and natural landscapes, think of like the cover of Neo Yankees Holiday, this album is produced in a very metallic and kind of harsh way. Like the cover art helps to convey it with that metallic font. But the bass here is way heavier. There's some subtle electronic elements that Zach added in that are grafted onto the earlier tracks. So it's almost like they're taking their earlier tracks, that leaf, and they're shaping it into something a bit more metallic, like a sword. You're really stretching with that <laughs> I'm one. I'm really trying hard. It's Ziphophilus. All right, number two. This is a, a Xerophthalmic. It's a Xerophthalmic <laughs> album. Xerophthalmic <laughs> means pertaining to an abnormal dryness of the eyeball or a deficiency of tears. In other words, I did not cry while I listened to this album. This album makes me feel nothing. <laughs> it makes me okay. want to take a nap <laughs> or at least listen to better versions of all these songs on their respective studio albums. Okay. It left me in a Xerophthalmic state where my eyes were very dry. <laughs> this is the best episode of the podcast so far. I'm so sorry. Okay, and those were actually my only two re adjectives because my third one was just extra, which I know starts with an E and not an X, but you can get rid of the E and just assume it's extra. This is because this album is kind of superfluous and unimportant and probably the only Fishman's album that I would call inessential, if that's fair. It's also extra in terms of its length. It's kind of massive. Like up to this point, this is the longest Fishman's album by about 15 minutes. And I don't necessarily think it needs to be that long. So it's kind of extra. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree? Um, to a point. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call it extra. But I, it I regret getting X as my adjective. You could have changed it. No, we're gonna go through all the letters. I guess what this means is that next episode, I should just do T again. Oh yeah, a T is your letter now. Well, and also like I feel bad because I got Q before. Like I'm getting, I, I always get the weird <laughs> letters and you always get like H or something easy. Sorry. Anyway, so that's sort of some preliminary thoughts. Do you want to get into the track by track? <laughs> Why not? All right, so this track by track is going to be a little bit different. I don't think we're really going to go through super detailed thoughts on each track because since this is mostly a live album, we've kind of talked about all these tracks in their studio versions previously. So really, we might kind of fly through them, and if there's anything interesting or something like unique about a track, we're gonna talk about it, but otherwise, it'll be kind of condensed. So the album opens with the first of this O trilogy, as I like to call it, uh, which is O Crime. Ever since I was a youth, I've always been searching for the truth.
So what's up with these O titles? Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I, because it shows up a lot. And Not in the future, just... too, I mean, with O Slime, which becomes kind of like a live staple for the band opening their shows. Yeah, I wonder why. Maybe, uh... It's your, I think it's I, like you're seeing something and you're surprised, right? Like you see a mountain and you're like, oh, mountain. Did you not see the mountain coming? You didn't. Mountains are pretty big. <laughs> you're busy listening to Fishman's. No, so crime is like, you know, you're downtown, you're just having a nice day <laughs> when some looters break into your store and you're like, oh, crime. And that's it. You don't do anything about you it. You don't. It's just a shock. Yeah. So I love the line that opens this album. Ever since I was a youth, I've always been searching for... The truth. The truth. You could have just let me do the whole thing. Ah, but I love that line. Why does it start the album? Where's it from? Is it from something? I don't think it's any of the <laughs> band members. Oh, I, I assumed it was like Shinji. That but I guess, it, I guess that's like. not what Shinji sounds like. <laughs> I was naive. Okay, if you're listening and you were the guy who said, ever since I was a youth, I've always been searching for the truth on O Mountain. Come be on the show. I'd love to talk to you. Wait, is it that guy who? speaks on iDub Fish. Um, you know what? Because there's this guy, right? Yeah, he, he's the guy who narrates iDub Fish. And he, he yeah. has a voice that kind of sounds like that. If if that's you... <laughs> I'm sure I could have looked this up in, like, the liner notes. That's fine. <laughs> it's Next fine. time. So, I kind of love this track. In terms of the O Trilogy, this is definitely the most substantial one, because it's actually, like, a full-length track. When you say O Trilogy, are you talking about on this album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in that case, <laughs> definitely. The other sure. ones are kind of a bit more interlude-like. Stupid. But this one's cool. It's really hypnotic and grooving. It's sort of like a melodica, some, I think. Yeah, like some strange there. sounds in this. Yeah. I, I wrote, this would be a great hip-hop beat if someone wanted to jump on it, because it's so repetitive, it doesn't really, like... Do anything. Do anything. But yeah, and like it would be a really chill. I'm picturing like I don't know, like Earl sweatshirt or somebody on this beat. <laughs> I just think it's funny that like to start off your live album with, um, that, I don't, it doesn't sound like a live recording. It sounds like a, maybe something that I'd play before the live show. Yeah, honestly, this one doesn't feel live at all. But really, I think on this album, there's only one moment where you actually hear a live audience at the end. It's Blue Summer, hey. where they sort of clap at the end. Everything That's else, right. the tracks segue into each other. But yeah, this ends with the classic chant that is later incorporated into O Slime. I'm going nuts to take it no enough. Oh, oh. walking man. Is that what he's saying? I love that. It's really stupid. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's just gibberish. It's but... in English, right? Oh, I had no idea. I, I'm sure, like, when you look up the lyrics, wow. like, O Slime, that comes yeah. up. So. But that was cool here. It was a nice little Easter egg. I mean, like, I'm assuming that most people who end up listening to O Mountain have already listened to. 98 because O Mountain is a bit more like of an obscure album so at this point you kind of recognize that and the very last moments of the song are probably my favorite part of the whole song <laughs> there's sort of the like album. yeah like the, the the chant cuts out and then you hear this deep voice it sounds like it's like oh you fucking in the fucking denwa <laughs> it's like what is he saying uh, <laughs> uh, he's saying here is the next track Doyobi no Yoru and that, it sort of adds to like the hip hop vibe of the track I almost think, cause it's so like out of left field for Fishman's to have this deep voice. It's kind of like aggressive, but it's it's really cool. I don't know. He's also definitely saying something like explicit. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. It's great. Good for them. And who said that? Uh, that was Shinji. Maybe that's the guy, I mean, we haven't talked about Kuchu Camp yet, but maybe that's the guy who talks about uh, getting his poon. Oh, yeah, Him. I don't think so. <laughs> Preview for the next podcast. 
Anything else about O Crime? I think it's really cool. A little, it's pretty cool. A little it's, neat instrumental. I don't really think about it too much because it's just. Uh, it's um, no, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Track number two is Doyobi no Yoru. favorite fishman's tracks which gets is butchered I, I, th- I think it gets butchered but you like it don't you i think it's pretty cool i it's nowhere near the original and it's nowhere near a certain bootleg version of the song but it's pretty good i like what they did with it yeah i like the opening of this track and sort of the segue from that voice in oh crime because we get this crazy like trumpet descending and it's like it's it's really wild i feel like they definitely like tacked that on like after oh yeah it's not part of the recording yeah that's definitely one of like zach's sort of like post-production like studio tricks on this live album i i think this version is a lot juicier than the studio version like the bass is kind of like squelchy but it lacks the same kind of like punch and like like the the king yeah the king master doyobi is just so tight and like groovy that it's just like perfect, like everything lands in, in perfectly in place. But this one is a little bit more loose and all over the place, and for me, like it kind of loses a bit of its yeah. impact. And also, I mean, I know, at least from this version and that bootleg version, it seems like Doyobi no Yoru is a track they like to experiment with, like in that middle section, but here they don't really do anything. Yeah, that's true. It's it almost kind of like... goes on a little too long. It's just some funky like drum edits and the bass line and it just feels a little too, like, it goes on for a bit too long and doesn't really do anything. Yeah, like, they play it kind of straight and they change some things, but the things they change I don't like. Like, for example, the melody on the original track is played by this really cool synth, but here the band replaces it with that horrible baseball organ that they've been using ever since Neo Yankees Holiday. It also sounds out of key. And it sounds out of key, and it's like, why did they replace it with that? It kind of ruins the whole vibe of the track for me. I don't know what's up with that. And also there's a very increased like piano part in this live version that sort of gets rid of the nocturnal vibe. So the original is also like, it's so cool and it's like creeping and nocturnal, but this one is just like, here's a baseball organ and a piano. (laughs) It feels kind of lame, I gotta say. I don't know, like I don't like this track. I think the reason I like it as much as I do is because it's Doyobi no Yoru. Yeah, that's the good thing. Like I can still (laughs) listen to it because Doyobi no Yoru is like such a great song as we'll get to later in the episode when we're ranking. The Fishman's. <laughs> True. But I am glad it's included here because, like, Doyobi kind of gets shafted by the time you get to 98 and some of the later albums. Because it is, I mean, it seemed like a live staple when we look at a lot of their bootleg live albums, but in terms of what they actually released, this is the only live Doyobi that we got. So I am glad that it's here and I'm glad it shows up so early. But, uh, not. <laughs> uh, I don't know about this version, Chief. <laughs> Pretty good. It's pretty good. Nothing bad to say about it. Nothing particularly great to say about it either. Except for um, just how it starts off with that trumpet. Doyobi no Yoru. All right, so track number three is Running Man from Neo Yankees Holiday. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think this one's at least on par, if not better than the original. Dang, okay. This one, I think it's kind of joyless and like, I think this is an example where the instrumentation of O Mountain is very consistent. Like they definitely play all these tracks in the same style where it's very bassy and dubby and very like kind of clean. It's also, it also feels a bit more rock oriented. Yeah, it's definitely more rock, but I think that's what gets rid of the vibes for me because Running Man, the original felt kind of like, really like you're letting loose, definitely like a springtime vibe and just so carefree, but this one's kind of being weighed down by that bass. And just well, I think that sort of live heavy. energy kind of gives it a more propulsive feeling that I very much enjoy. Like, I, I feel like what that sort of thing that was to a detriment to Doyobi no Yoru, I think it works really well with this song, with how it's played. I don't have a problem with it as much here because, I don't know, it just makes it feel a lot more lively. Not that I have any problem with the original track, but I think they do a good job of recontextualizing that song in this live setting. You're valid. And once again, it's Running Man. It's like a perfect song. <laughs> that's that's yeah. my thing with this album is like, I don't, even though I dislike the choices that were made on some of these tracks, like you could throw it on in the car and I would be jamming out. Cause like these songs are perfect. It's just about like how they're playing them that kind of bothers me. Fishman. But I don't have that problem with the next track. Track number four is Yoru no Omoi, the closing track from Orange. This one's really good, I think probably because the um, the instrumentation of the original track is very much like similar to what they're doing on this album with all the tracks. So in terms of tracks that sound different, this one isn't really one of them on O Mountain. It sounds pretty close to what they were doing in the studio version. On a re-listen, I, I like this song a lot less now. Oh, why? Not really, for, I don't like know. Like the song it's, itself or just the version on O Mountain? Just the version on O Mountain. Because I remember the version on O Mountain when I first heard it, 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 it um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like when I heard it, I was like, oh, I should go back and re-listen to Orange now, because this is like a really cool song. Yeah. But then I ended up just listening to that. Oh, like, so it, it made you kind of reconsider your thoughts on the original, but then you ended up just liking the original more. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. And that's my thing here is like, what the tracks on this album for me, they either kind of fall short of the original or like this one, I think this is just as good as the original, but it doesn't really like ascend past that point. So for me, if I'm sitting down and I'm thinking like, oh, I'm gonna go listen to Yoru no Amoy. Like, You're just gonna I, listen to the I'm just gonna version. listen to the orange version. But this is still really cool. I mean, I like the, they kept the choir at the end. They, or there's some kids in this choir. There are some kids, yeah, no, and they're a bit more like, they sound a bit more baby on this version. Like you can hear some of them like babbling almost in the background. It's true, I definitely like the way, because it was when I heard that outro that I was like, wow, this is a really good song. Maybe, maybe I should listen to Orange now. So I, I think that's cool. You know, you got the kids in there. It's it's a lot more energetic. I don't know. It's not the original. <laughs> you could say that for all of these songs. <laughs> true. All right. So track five is every day, every night. This is the first real 
clunker. I mean, I guess they're, they've all been kind of clunkers, but when I just, when I see the words every day, every night on a Fishman's track list now, I kind of get PTSD and I'm like, no, God, yeah, no. Yeah, this one, because I already didn't like the original all that much. So this one comes on and not only do they not do anything interesting with it, but they're already playing a song that I don't care for that much. So not, nothing for me here. Yeah, like I think this one is on par with the album version, but like I don't really care about either, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. Our next <laughs> track number six is the second part of the O trilogy. It's O Organ. the baseball organ again <laughs> but it's just the but organ. it's just the well organ. there's that chant in there too but that's true i feel like this is um well of the o trilogy it's definitely the second best it's not <laughs> I, the worst I guess you're right <laughs> my my only note for the song was this organ needs to die and like thankfully it pretty much does after this album i mean starting with coochie camp and going forward they don't really use this organ anymore. I mean, sometimes in live performances, but in terms of their actual studio tracks, the organ pretty much leaves. Good for them. Which is I, good. I like, maybe this is like the final send off. They had a track. Just organ. Just it's a, one it's last like a, time. It's like a Viking funeral for the organ, and they're like sending it out on a ship, and this is what they play as they're like destroying it. <laughs> it doesn't. Not, it doesn't fit the vibe at all. What's but. what's it? Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's like the song that they. Like a. The song that you play when someone's dying. <laughs> oh, um, oh, organ? Huh. No, I mean like on on uh, in the airplane over the sea. That one song, the fool. It's like what a funeral. A march? funeral. Oh, a dirge. A that's dirge. a dirge. That's what it is. There we go. Sorry, I'm I'm old. This yeah. So this is the the dirge for the the baseball organ. You say that, but it shows up on like plenty of tracks after. <laughs> it does, but... but like not as prominently and not as grossly. So another track that shows up on other albums later is the next song, Thank You. Is this the first album that Thank You shows up on? Uh, yes. Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay, and also Banana I need you to explain melon. to me. Yeah, so I know that there's another Fishman's track called Banana Melon, but Thank You also includes the lyric Banana Melon, Banana, over and over again. So, like, I haven't heard Banana Melon. Is it basically the same track or what? Um, I heard Banana Melon once a while ago. I believe, to my knowledge, it is the same track. So they just renamed it? They just renamed it, because I know on that EP that came out, years ago it was called like i dub fish there's a bunch of like dub remixes of the tracks and there was banana melon dub and i remember that one being like thank you but like yeah dubby. so i can only assume that banana melon was just like the original working title why did they change it banana melon is so much cooler see i think seeing the title banana melon on your live it just kind of maybe they i don't know just, i think thank you is a, not necessarily a better title but it fits within the album that's better. fair I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasant track. I mean, once again, I'm so used to the version on 98 that this one kind of falls a little flat. But I mean, it's there. It's nice. What I really like about this version of the track, 
Um, the one on 98 feels a lot more emotional because everything on that album does. But what's cool about this one is that it's very groovy. The bass and the piano. That's true, yeah. Like at the end. Ooh, that's, Ooh. Some, that's, some, hot, that's some prime funk going on there. Uh, yeah, and that's that, true what you're saying, I think, because like when the context of the lyrics on 98 where he's saying like, thank you, thank you for my life, it's sort of <laughs> like in the context yeah. of Shinji's death, we think about that like, oh, like he, he knows he's going to die, which makes it one of the most poignant and emotional tracks on that album. But here it's kind of just carefree and you kind of get the vibe that they were intending originally with the song, which is just like, we're living, we're, we're free, we're, we're alive, and we're fruit, and <laughs> we're fish. We're fruitmans. I am fruit. <laughs> All right. Track number eight, after the sort of interlude of thank you, is Kansha Odoroki. substantially longer than the studio version by like a couple minutes and it's funny because why because they don't <laughs> add any new sections i feel like all of our opinions on this album are like reversed because this is like one of my favorite tracks on here i don't you know it's I not it's it. not one of my least favorites it's just one of the i don't know why it's seven minutes okay that's fair like i don't i, I don't have any problems with it being that long i just they're sort of just doing like a jam band kind of thing i mean the track is just so grooving and they sort of just expand it i agree that there isn't really any new specific like section that they add but I, I don't I don't know it's just the energy of this one is really cool it's, it's like what I said about Running Man where I thought that energy worked in its favor it really works in Kansha Odoroki's favor as well because this is a track that's just like begging for that like jam band energy and I think they pulled it off pretty well here yeah and just like uh, Yoru I think that this track is just more conducive to the sort of instrumental palette that they're working with on this album because I think, you know, like they played this stuff on the orange tour, so they're kind of playing all the songs with that orange sound. So I think that the songs, this is the songs orange. from Orange end up sounding a little bit better in this new context. So this one in particular, they don't really change a lot. That's what I like about it, like that all the, all the instruments are kind of pretty much played straight, but just extended. So yeah, it's just a really cool version of Kansha. I mean, I guess in comparison to the original Kansha, which, uh, spoiler alert, is my favorite Fishman song. Um, it, it falls flat in that regard, but it's still a perfect song. It's so still perfect. It's perfect. I love it. I don't know. Well, and with this one, I think, honestly, if I'm going to sit down and listen to Kancha, I might actually come back and check this one out. Just really? because, I don't know, it just it's longer. If I if I want to listen to Kancha Odoroki and I don't want to have to, like, pick a different song after five minutes, maybe you I'll pick this one and I get two extra minutes. <laughs> cool. So track number nine is Hikoki. is the sole, oh no, we get Chance, but one of the few tracks on this album from Chappie. So uh, this is honestly a pretty cool version of this song. I'm not a huge Hikoki fan. For some reason. For some reason, but I, I really do think this is on par with like the 98 version, and just, I think the, the heightened bass kind of helps this track. I don't really have much to say about this song. I, of course, I really like Hikoki. So again, nothing bad to say. Uh, nothing this is new a Fishman's greatest hits album, basically. <laughs> it's true. Cool. Well, there's a new song next. It's Blue Summer.
hey, this is the best song on this album by a large margin. So this is a brand new song, right? Like, it doesn't appear on any other Fishman's release. By brand new, it is the first appearance on like a like a official Fishman's album. Yes, yeah. but they, they, the song like dates back to like '87. Like, is there a studio version out there somewhere that's floating around, or just the live versions? Just the live versions. That's so, cool. Yes, this it's... is the first time anyone would have heard "Blue Summer" outside of I don't know their live performances. Yeah. This one's really unique because like the tone of it is very dark and intense. Like normally when we think of the Fishman's tone, it's kind of like relaxed and carefree. But I don't. This one's like yeah, it's dark. It's dark and it's it is a blue summer indeed. Blue is in like sad. I mean the lyrics yeah. mention like crying and Shinji sounds like he's like wailing at times. Ooh, that like, second blue half. <laughs> when that when the baseline changes halfway through, it, like Shinji like goes all in. I don't know. Ooh, it's, it's, ooh, man. This is okay, the best and I have, track I have a weird album. comparison for you, all right? All right. So I feel like the only previous time that we've really heard Fishman's try to go like this dramatic and sort of dark was oh, on man. a track on Neo Yankees Holiday known as Taiheyu or Pacific Ocean, where they kind of, but they did it differently there. They were doing this kind of like glam rocky, like, over the Theatrical. top. Theatrical. So, but I think this is sort of, they're, they're taking the same emotions and they're kind of like refining them into their usual sound palette, but just a With, bit more, to more taste. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> feel. it definitely sounds, what's the word? Better. Better, yeah, no, yeah, I, it, I love it. And I, I'm glad that it's here, because I don't, I don't really know if you had tried to like stick Blue Summer on any of their previous albums, if it would have worked, just like in terms of sequencing. But I think it really does work on this album, because like, as I said earlier, the whole sound, uh, I don't want to say sound palette again, <laughs> the sounds that they're using on this album are just a lot darker and moodier. So Blue Summer definitely so, it so fits in. Yeah. begs the question, like what would a studio version sound like? Would it just strip back all of the raw emotion present on this track and it would just end up sounding like special night or would it be even cooler i don't know we'll never know but it's really cool and i'm glad that it's here it found a home it's definitely um the second best fishman song don't tell us your <laughs> don't tell us your list before we get into that section of the episode you guys know my later one? on i'll have to be like well i don't know what your second favorite fishman's track is <laughs> all right so number 11 is unreliable angel and this song once again song's perfect so yeah don't really care about this version but like it's good i'm glad it's on. so when you're listening to the album it shows up and you're like wow great i love this track but then after you're like oh i want to listen to unreliable angel i'm going to listen to king master george yeah not o mountain, which I, I do finally understand ray's problems with o mountain now because before it, he would complain about it and be like oh shut up o mountain's great but on a re-listen i just realized that i could just listen to the studio versions of most of these songs and yeah, it doesn't mean that it's effect. bad, it just means it's kind of inessential. <laughs> okay, a song that's actually really cool, and dare I say better than its studio version, is the next track. <laughs> Oasis A Yokoso.
So we didn't really talk about the studio version of this track yet. I know we mentioned that Melody maxi single in our last episode. It was released before Orange and it included Melody and a couple of other tracks. And one of those tracks was Oasis A Yokoso. And uh, it's a very different sort of track for Fishermans, especially the one that appears here. It's kind of like it's tropical, as the Oasis title would suggest. It's very like atmospheric and kind of off kilter. But I think the main difference between this version and the one on the Melody single is that that one kind of has some heavier percussion and it hits like a lot harder. It's more of a jam, mm -hmm. whereas this one's kind of a bit more like, mmm. I feel like I'm sipping like a margarita. Really? I feel like I'm sipping like salt water. <laughs> or that. <laughs> like, I don't prefer this to the studio version like at all. Oh, In fact, yeah? I, I wouldn't call this my least favorite song on the album. Like, oh, it's wild. But... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that whole off-kilter vibe, and I, I don't think they pull it off too well. And so I think I would prefer that more groovy, hard-hitting original. Damn, for I just who don't, knew? It's still really cool. Again. I dare say this is my favorite track on O Mountain. Probably just because like it has the most interesting stuff going on for me. In but like, that's just Oasis, like on its own. Yeah, that's true, but I really do feel like this is one of the few tracks here where they're doing something like drastically different than this the track true. studio so version. So I do commend them for that. And it, compared to the track that came before, like Unreliable Angel, they're pretty much just playing the song. Whereas with Oasis, I'm, I feel like I'm almost getting like a different track, which is really cool. I love it. And I like the nature sounds at the beginning and like this warping kind of synth noise that they use. That it's just, synth noise is my favorite synth noise. Yes. It's just like it's every, so every element of the track feels like something that they really haven't done before. So it feels like an entirely new sound from Fishman's. I will, I will say I, I admire the sense of space that the song has. Um, I don't have particularly great speakers in my car, but it was just how wide and spacious everything sounded and like where everything was like in the stereo image, if you will. I don't know, it was, it felt very immersive, and very evocative. Drowning in the oasis. You, sure. <laughs> All right, track 13, oh, 13 tracks, God. And there's more. <laughs> this is Chance, and it opens with a little baby voice saying, <laughs> Chance. Chance. <laughs> Which is the best part of the track, because then they kind of just play Chance. And Chance is a really good song. Chance is a really good... If, if you notice a common refrain from us, it's because these are all really good songs. I mean, maybe the only song on this album that I don't really care for the original version is Every Day, Every Night. Pretty much every other song, I'm like, that's a great song. And they play the songs, and they're really good. Yeah, I think it's just hard to talk about this album because you're really just talking about the tracks which so so i think as a live album it's cool because the tracks do at least have a different you know that live energy it sounds like they're performing it at <laughs> a live show well yeah but past that I, there's no benefit being gained from like hearing them in that new context because yeah, they don't true. they don't really do, do anything. Uh, then let's move on. At track 14, I pretty much wrote what you just said. I, oh it's it's uh, Ikaretsa Baby. And I said, this is a really good version of this song, but at this point, I just don't care because it's like kind of too long. <laughs>
a shame. Because it, sound, it sounds like we're ragging on these tracks. Yeah, no, but I think, oh. I don't know, Icaressa, it works with the sound because it's so, like, bassy. And uh, just go listen to Icaressa, baby. <laughs> listen to whatever you... Listen to this version. Okay, but honestly, the, the, the next track, the penultimate track, is really cool. It's called Baby Piano Mix. And there's an actual baby at the end, and he's like, "I didn't, what? I didn't get to this." Oh, track. oh! Do you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, because that, because yeah, I've listened to O Mountain before, but oh isn't gosh. the track only like twenty seconds? Yeah, it's sort of like twenty seconds, and it's almost just like, I think it, yeah, it's like the, like the melody of Ikarita Baby, or just like some nice sounds being played. Because it's not a track I've. And then there's a baby. To. And it's just like, I, I think it's sort of one of the variations of, of Icarita Baby, because there's like Wedding Baby and just all those. But this one's just baby. This <laughs> <laughs> is kind of baby, though. Piano mix. Okay, but there's a really cool thing here, because this is actually the first song by Fishman's that has an appearance by Hanzi. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, she wasn't on any tracks before this, and this is the only track on this album that she's on. While she would later become known for her, like, violin and keyboards with the Setagaya trilogy... She's credited on this track for piano and chorus. So I don't know why. Maybe like the band just hooked up with her on this point. They they were like, hey, Hansi, you want to hop on baby piano mix? It's like 20 seconds long. Yeah, sure. And she was like, yeah, sure. And then they were just like blown away by her performance. And they're like, damn, we got to make her like a permanent member of the band. So she, whatever she was doing, it was good. Good for her. I thought, I thought this was cool just because like it's something new. It feels kind of fresh. All right, which brings us to the final track on the album, Oh Cry, which is kind of like pointless in my opinion, because Baby Piano Mix was already sort of like an interlude. It could have ended the album for all I care, but then we get this. I don't even remember what this sounds like. <laughs> kind of has this like uh like that guitar that like oh yeah oh. goes up in pitch and it's just like oh okay. I, I wrote oh why <laughs> that's very so funny. that's the album it kind of ends with these two little like throwaway tracks it's very strange so uh good for them oh mountain i mean i think we've already kind of touched on all of our thoughts on the album but if we want to talk about our top three tracks top three moments okay cool uh for me my number three track is oh crime as I said, I think, no, I think it's pretty fresh. It's I, cool. It's, it's cool. really cool. And it's, it's new. 
It's one of the few things when I listen to the album that I'm actually excited to hear. Uh, number two is Kansha Odoroki. I think this is a really cool playing of the song uh, with that little like extended bit. It's just really good, really good. And number one is Oasis. I really like what they did with this version, kind of like stretching it out, giving it a little more room to breathe and less heavy percussion. And I, its detriment, it is I the only say. song on the album that I think is better than the studio version. <laughs> Interesting. Imagine thinking that. <laughs> All right. So my top three. Uh, number three, I'm going to have to hand it to Kancha Odoroki. Nice. On the basis that it is Kancha Odoroki. Uh, number two, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Running Man. Okay. A track that I feel surpasses the original. Not by much, but it is... Uh, it's Running Man. Number one, Blue Summer. Okay. Oh my God. It's Blue Summer. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. And if you don't like it, listen to it again. That's until solid. you like it. Blue Summer is probably like my number four. It's really cool, but <laughs> that's not good enough. When I think of O Mountain, I'm just like thinking about these three. But yeah, really, no. it, I know. Yeah, I know. Blue Summer is definitely like the most poppin' track, which makes sense because it's out of the new stuff they added. It's really like the only song. Yeah, that's because the reason I think about O Mountains. Oh, it's the it's one. It's the one with Blue, Blue Summer, Summer on it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely. It's definitely, it's like if we're talking about O Mountain as its own era of Fishman's, which it's not, but if we did, <laughs> like Blue Summer would be its most recognizable song. Whew. Cool. Okay. And then my top three moments, I don't know if you have any, but number I'll three is the cool trumpet intro to Do Yobi no Yoru. I just love that. I mean, I don't really like the rest of the track, but like <laughs> I'll listen to it just for that. Number two is the baby on baby piano mix. He's a baby. <laughs> baby. What else do I need to say? And number one is the very end of Oh Crime with that deep sort of hip hop voice telling you to, yeah. We're, we're recording in Chris's house and I can't really swear, so just go listen to it. Uh, if any of my family's listening, uh, love you guys. Uh, okay. Three moments? moments? Yeah. Let's think about them. You know, I'm going to start with my number one, because I know what my favorite moment is, cool. even though it takes up like half the track. I just think the... Can I count the second half of Blue Summer? <laughs> That's fine. That's <laughs> definitely more than a moment, but you're good. <laughs> okay, how about I just say the the very instant that the bass line changes. Okay, let's go. And like, you know, and then, you know, onward <laughs> from there. That's, 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 uh... Okay, number two... This is tougher than I thought. <laughs> Mostly just because, I don't know, I don't really... Well, yeah, like, we've already talked about moments in the songs, so it's and really also, just, like, yeah, moments there's... that O Mountain does by itself. I guess. Because I think a lot of... There's just a lot of songs. I don't hear a lot of, like, cool moments. Uh, you can ha only have one moment. That's fine. The second half of Blue Summer <laughs> is the greatest The moment. only moment on the <laughs> album that matters. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, I guess to do an overview really quick. This album is okay. I, I just feel like with live albums, they either need to go like above and beyond in terms of like the band playing the songs just like so well that they exceed the studio versions, or they just need to do things so radically different that it becomes something new entirely. And I think that Fishman's do that with their next two live albums. I mean, the next one would be Hachigatsu, which we'll talk about later. But um, that one, there a lot of the songs are extended almost to like the 10 minute point and they're played so differently that they become like brand new songs so i think they're sort of doing that approach there and then on 98 they're just playing the song so well that those versions are just like the version so i think yeah. those those two live albums sort of show you like two different ways to do a live album that can be really engaging but i don't know if o mountain really does either of it too well so it's, it kind of just exists but um since the studio versions of these songs are already so great, it's still a good listen. The songs are all perfect. 
like in terms of their songwriting. What's that? What's that? <laughs> but honestly, yeah, most tracks on this album either fall short for me or they just meet the studio version. And the excessive length kind of... I, I, I never find myself sitting down wanting to listen to O Mountain, I can say. So I love all the songs here, but just not these versions of them. So I'd give it, I don't know, like a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, something around there. Uh, originally, I was... Um, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I think on re-listen... I'm feeling more of a 9 out of 10. That's valid. I mean, I know you give every Fishman's release <laughs> after, like, Chappie a 10 out of 10, so... That's true. And even then, <laughs> even that 9 out of 10 feels questionable, because I, I never... At no point during the album was I like, wow, this is considerably, like, worse... Yeah. And, and yeah. So, honestly, it might be a 10 out of 10. Maybe a 9.5. <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10 guess. Uh, okay. So. But yeah, I think, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I think this would be my least favorite Fishman's album if we're counting live albums. I really do. Wow. Just like, well, just like if I had to get rid of a Fishman's album, you know, like I wouldn't want to get rid of like Chappie just because there's so many tracks on there that are only on there. Whereas like I could get rid of this album and the only things I'd really be losing are like Blue Summer which is a loss and like yeah and some of the interludes so yeah I think this would be if I had to take my Fishman's collection with me to a desert island and leave behind one album it would probably be O Mountain that's a shame that's a shame especially when Neo Yankees Holiday exists but like I don't want to lose one two three four man and that's like the only and (laughs) walk-in like dude (laughs) anyway Neo Yankees doesn't have blue summer on it so (laughs) (laughs) alright so now that we've talked about that and gotten that out of the way took us like 40 minutes um, we're gonna get into the second half of the episode which is going over our audience poll and also our own rankings so i don't know if everyone listening uh checked out our orange episode but in that we sort of described the poll so basically we're gonna be going over all of the early fishman's material so we had the audience vote on their top 10 fishman's tracks from the early period as well as ranking the albums from that time so the early period is really defined as um, when the band started. When the band started, <laughs> kind of ending with O Mountain. So for the tracks, people could vote on any track from the band's inception up through any track on O Mountain. And that included like album tracks or bootlegs. Not People didn't really vote for bootlegs like a couple people did, or just other tracks. Really anything that was released between then and like 1995. And then for the albums that we're ranking, that's just really everything we've done an episode on. So all the studio albums, O Mountain, and Corduroy's Mood were all in contention. So really with this, uh, Chris and I are going to give our personal lists of our favorite albums and tracks, and then we're going to go over what the audience voted for for that. So do you want to? You should definitely start. Okay. And we're actually going to do this by not just reading out our whole list, but going through like what was our number six, what was our number five. If that is all right. All right, so let's do albums first, right? Okay. Sweet. So my number six album, as I already said, is O Mountain. If I had to get rid of one, it would be this one. It's just kind of, it's there. And it's a six out of 10. It's the number six for the albums. That's funny. What's your least favorite Fishman's album from the early period? I want you to take a guess. I feel like, judging from what we've talked about during the episodes, it would be Neo Yankees Holiday. This is correct. Uh, (laughs) I would still give it an 8 out of 10, but it is... That's two points lower than all the other albums. Yeah, I know you had some serious problems with it, and there are some tracks on there that you actually don't like. Which is surprising for you, given that you pretty much love all Fishman's material. This is true. Sorry, Neo Yankees. Uh, be better. That's sad. <laughs> All right. My number five is Chappie Don't Cry. 
I think of Fishman Studio releases, this is probably the weakest. I mean, it's pretty close with another one, but um, it's just, yeah, they're definitely kind of rudimentary here, just playing some pretty straightforward, like reggae, rock city jams. And it's really good, I enjoy it, but um, I don't really find myself returning to it very often. Still some good tracks in there though, like uh, Go Go Club. That's true. Um, I might have to agree with you on this one. I, I wanted Chappie, not that I wanted it to be higher, but I thought it was going to be higher until I realized that despite there being a multitude of tracks on album that I think are perfect and awesome, I don't think as an album it would be that much better than Neo Yankees because there are a few tracks that definitely hold it down a bit. So I think at number five, this is a good spot for it. We agree. Also five, I mean, I, I, I sort of like associate numbers with uh, colors and five definitely, five definitely has this like yellow, orangey kind of vibe. And even though Fishman's have an album called Orange, I definitely, <laughs> because of Chris, I associate Chappie with orange juice in the morning. So it just feels like it fits, yeah, the five. It's a good spot. Good for you. Cool. My number four is Neo Yankees Holiday. I like this album, I think, more than Chris, probably. I mean, I still... Yeah, you do. It still has some of my least favorite Fishman's tracks on it, but um, also some of my favorites. It's definitely very inconsistent, but I really do think they... When, when they hit on that album, they really hit gold. They do really hit. Like, I mean, Ikaretsa, Running Man, Walkin', One, Two, Three, Four, Just Thing. Like, that's why I can't really put it lower than Chappie, because Chappie doesn't really have as many highlights for me. Chappie's definitely more consistent, but Neo Yankees is just like way higher when it gets better. You know what's an album I would put at number four in this album ranking? I feel like it's O Mountain. <laughs> it's O Mountain. Nice. Yeah. So we sort of just switched with we did. O Mountain oh, and yeah, Neo, I guess yeah. So. Yeah, you pretty much explained your thoughts. It's just good. It's a good album. I love it. <laughs> I would listen to it any day of the week. What about Tuesday? <laughs> Maybe not Tuesday. Uh, uh, all right. My number three might be a bit of a controversial pick, but my number three is Orange. Um, I think Orange is really good, and like just like Neo Yankees, the highs on Orange are truly like some of the band's greatest work up until this point. But... Once again, it kind of gets like weighed down a little bit with a... Uh... We have the same top three. Oh. Because I know where the next two are. Oh, nice. That's cool. Okay, well, yeah. Well, I guess we can go over... So your number three is orange as well? My number three is orange. Oh my god, wild. Okay, so talk about it. Uh, well, it's pretty orange. good. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I know you agree because you love Concha so much, but also like... I remember when we talked about it, you know, like... what's I don't even remember the song. The Kairi song... Michi? Kairi Michi, yeah. Like, it's just kind of... But, I mean, that, that alone isn't doesn't ruin the album that much. Yeah. I think the top three, they're all almost equally perfect. Uh, okay, at least spots two and three. Number one, there's not even, it's no contest at all. But two and three, I feel like are on par quality-wise. Okay. So. so yeah, Orange, it's definitely, I think, of this album, or of, the, of this period of Fishman's, it's definitely the one album that is kind of the most accessible, maybe, and their most uh, successful album in terms of like songs that people love so it's great and yeah the top three doesn't mean that we don't like it i mean we, we think it's perfect basically that's true i think <laughs> every album in this album ranking is better than a lot of albums this so. is true we love orange all right so number two is corduroy's mood right this is correct cool i love how our opinions are just the same oh man this yeah corduroy's mood i mean well this was hard i was really debating whether to put corduroy's mood or orange at number two because honestly there are more tracks on orange that i like than like because corduroy's mood is only four tracks and there are more than four tracks on orange that i think are great but the difference is like orange is a little bit more inconsistent whereas like every song on corduroy's mood is just great. So yeah. in terms of like, if I had to rank the tracks and then sort of make an average, I think Corridor's Mood would be higher. Because like, Anoko ga Nemuturu and 
um, from the purple sky. Murasaki, though, so Yes, kinda. like, and just the vibe of that, it's the, the sort of Shibuya K, bit more like jangly, poppy vibe of that EP is really cool. And I think it's kind of underrated, so it might be weird to put that above like three different Fishman studio albums, but I love Corduroy's Mood. It's, uh, um, it's really good. Really good. <laughs> All right, so then number one for both of us, King I guess, Master is George. King Master George, the second album by Fishman's. Yeah, and I mean, this is the, really the one that Chris played for me that one night when we're driving around that turned me onto the band. Yeah, and it's just it's, a good it's thing. so cool, and it's like it's really unlike anything else in their early discography. It's hardly like anything else I've heard, at least as a whole album. Like, because I've heard songs that sound like those individual songs, but to uh, have them all on this album together. It's insane. It's a, it's a wild experience. It's insane. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's definitely, it's unique in Fishman's discography because I think a, a common refrain that we see from like other reviewers talking about Fishman's, I mean, I know Deep Cuts on YouTube just did a long season review and he kind of echoed this idea and the needle drop as well. They kind of imply that all of Fishman's early work was sort of like stepping stones up to long season or they're more like a post-rocky kind of like dream pop sound. But I really disagree with that because I think if we look at this this early period of Fishman's, we can kind of see each album as its own unique thing that it doesn't really build. Because like King Master George didn't build into anything. Also, I don't think Fishman's are like, <laughs> okay, let's start making these albums first before we think about yeah. implementing dream pop albums. <laughs> That's why I think like viewing King Master as a stepping stone to like long season is insane. Because like the stuff they're doing on King Master, they never did ever again. And it was so weird and like so like reindeer. Like what's that? But it's there and like it's 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 a crazy album so i think there's definitely something in that album that everyone enjoys even if it's not like their favorite fishman's album i think there's something there for everyone because everything is there everything is there <laughs> like it's like you go to a buffet and there's like everything on the plate like a seafood restaurant like a seafood restaurant all right so let's actually get into our uh, audience ranked albums before we talk about our tracks <laughs> okay so do you have any sort of idea how this is going to go well let me explain to you how i did it so there are six albums right so instead of just doing like an average, basically everyone voted, they just ranked the six albums in order. So if you put an album in number one, it would get six points. If you put it at number two, it would get five points basically. And then oh, they were all added up. I didn't even know that. So that's sort of the idea is that it's weighted by, you know. So every album got points. If you put an album in sixth place, it would still get one point. And um, so yeah, what do you, what, just what do you predict for this? I already know what the number one is. What do you think it is? It's orange. It's or why do you think that? You told me. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But I mean, like, orange. It's definitely the most popular. So uh, let's just go. Oh, I'm going to go up again. So the number six album, as voted on by you, the, the audience, or the audience, was Chappie Don't Cry. Y'all suck. I hate all of you. <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast right Damn. now. Damn. So yeah, this was, it was pretty close between this and the next one, but they were going back and forth as we got more responses in. But yeah, Chappie seemed to be, if not at the bottom, it was near the bottom of pretty much everyone's. I, it was at the bottom of ours too. We both put it at five. I know, but <laughs> I feel like when people put it at the bottom, I feel like they actually dislike it. Nah. I mean, a lot of people were like, they put it at the bottom, but they would even say like, I love Chappie. So... It's That's cool, okay. but it's at the bottom. You guys are valid, just not as valid as I want you to be. <laughs> All right, and just barely above that one at number five was Neo Yankees Holiday. That's fair. It's a little too generous. A little too generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people actually have this one quite high or in the middle, but there are also people who had it at the very bottom. So it seemed like it was a little bit more divisive than Chappie, but generally the consensus was that it was not one of the better albums. Uh, number four, agreeing with Chris, was O Mountain. 
as voted on by That's the audience. Fair. I feel you guys. Yeah, it was generally, I don't think a lot of people had O Mountain as their number one, but um, there was some love for it that was shown. I mean, it got above two studio albums. Um, and then number three, the three and two for the audience were kind of going back and forth as well. Like, they ended up within one point of each other. One point. Oh. So I'll tell <laughs> one point. Okay. So number three was Corduroy's Mood, which, like, man, it makes sense because just like we were saying, it's not like a full length album. So I understand that us having it like super high might be weird, but the audience, yeah, I mean, I thought that was really good because it, it shows that there's a lot of love for Corduroy's Mood as well. And just people are taking the time to listen to it. And then the number two from the audience was King Master George. And the number one was Orange. Orange. Pretty much everyone had Orange as their number one. Or number one. What was interesting about King Master was that, like, it was rarely in the middle of people's lists. Like, there were a lot of people who had King Master at, like, one or two. But then pretty much everyone who didn't have it there had it at, like, the last spot. So it seems like if you don't love King Master, you, like hate it or you think it's the worst which is interesting for me but it, there were more people who it had it higher because it, it has a lot going on it's a stupid <laughs> album yeah whereas orange was pretty much always at the beginning and also orange won this by like 30 points it was like orange was always in the front and then basically Kingmaster and corridors were kind of dueling it out and then o mountain was pretty solidly in fourth and then neo and chappie were battling for that last spot so yeah i mean i i think this is a good list it's a list that makes sense. It's a list that makes list sense. That I agree with. It'd be interesting to go on uh, Rate Your Music. I didn't check to see if this audience list actually reflected the the ratings on there, the average ratings for each album. You have to wonder, but I feel like it would. I feel like it would. I know Orange is the highest of that period, right? Yeah. So, that's cool. I mean, Orange, the consensus album. And I'm glad that, like, you know, a lot of people love it. We had it at number three, but I'm glad that the audience poll reflected it a bit higher. Good job, guys. Cool. So now we're going to get into our track rankings, our top tens. We'll do it the same way, where we just each do like our number ten, number nine. Um, so, spoiler alert. Don't, yeah, he already said what his favorite track was. Oh, no, not that. It's that, like, five through ten I'm kind of lost on. So I'll just kind of think about it as we go. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I have mine written down because I'm responsible. All right, my number ten track from the early period is one, two, three, four. Ooh, this okay. one is really funky. I definitely I knew I wanted to have it in my top 10, but it didn't really deserve to get any higher than number 10. True. Um, it's so like wacky. It's definitely like one of their most kitschy like 90s tracks, but there's just so much going on there. Like the um, the, the synth horns and the weird like sampled vocals. It's it's why I get if you hate one, two, three, four. I don't hate it. <laughs> but I Personally, think it's, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's the kind of song you put at number 10. On your Fishman's track list. You know what's a song you put at your number 10 of your Fishman's <laughs> list? What? Natsu no Moide. Natsu no Moide. All right. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> Explain your choice. I don't know. It's, oh, man. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, There was like, a day I was just listening to that, like, a lot. I was like, you know what? This is making me feel pretty good. So I'm going to keep listening to Natsu no Moide. Oh, no. Not, Natsu <laughs> Speak no Speak Japanese Moide. fluently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's... Kind of like slight, but if you like trumpet, it feels like a nice little lullaby. It's the kind of song you put at number ten on your <laughs> Fishman's track list. All right, my number nine pick is "Reindeer" from King Master George. I mentioned this one earlier as one of like the weirder moments of King Master. It's definitely like I feel like a lot of people might write this track off as kind of like it doesn't sound like Fishman's at all. But for me, that's kind of why I love it. Like it adds some variety to the album. 
it's it's like a it's jazzy freaky. it's yeah. freaky like yeah. that's I, I don't know where to put it on my list it's it, there's a world where reindeer is number one on my list but that's not this world oh man it's at number nine it's a much worse world <laughs> what about you i think number nine Ooh, it's a good ooh, it's a good question i think number nine i would put one two three four Really nice. Because I, I feel like I want, I want to represent that in my top ten. At first, I was, was questioning whether or not to put it on there, but I'm like, if I'm putting Natsu no Amoide on there, one, two, three, four is definitely better than that. <laughs> I so. guess that's true. <laughs> if that's how you're going, there, I think there's a lot of Fishman's tracks that are better than Natsu no Amoide, but okay. All right, yeah, one, two, three, four. All right, my number eight is a track from Chappie, which I think is the best track from Chappie. It's Go Go Club de Surachi Guy, uh, or a night at the go-go club that's not what it's called what is it called is that like passing oh it's I, 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 I don't know passing, at the club? <laughs> passing right. each other passing each other at the go-go club yeah this track is really cool i definitely think it's sort of a sound that fishman's never really returned to that like hard-hitting like nightlife kind of sound i mean i guess they do it on Kingmaster a few times but this one it's it's just like sexy and its voice is all gravelly very cool it's the highlight of chappy for me that's true um i think Ooh, my number eight. I think I might have to go with Hikoki. Hikoki? Ooh, another chappy pick. It w okay, honestly, it's between Hikoki and Gogo -Go Club. This is kind of tough. Because <laughs> They're I'm both better than Natsu no Omoide. <laughs> this is true. Um, you can have a tie if you want. I'm going to have a tie, only because <laughs> the five through ten is kind of up in the air right now. I'm kind of come up, coming up with it as we go along. <laughs> but it, it, these would definitely show up in the top ten. I just gotta... Yeah, well, that's true. I think Hikoki is definitely sort of like the, the classic chappy sound in one track, whereas Go-Go then... Club is like its own wild thing. So this yeah. This is true. Yes. Nice! We agree. <laughs> cool. All right, I know you're going to hate my number seven because it is Kansha Odoroki from Orange. <laughs> what the heck? I'm sorry. I, I couldn't put it any higher, but I love this track. Um, it's super cool. Lots of cool, jammy stuff going on. It's definitely a highlight of Orange for me. I don't think it's the best Fishman song ever. If I made a, a top shame. 10 Fishman songs of all time, it probably, it definitely wouldn't be on it. <laughs> but it's on this early Fishman's list. That's kind of why we did this list. I mean, we could have waited until later, but I wanted to... Uh, Shout you know. out these early Fishman's Yeah, because if we wait until the end and just rank all the Fishman's tracks, I don't think, like, Reindeer is or gonna... Natsu or Natsu no Moide is gonna end up on there. So yeah, for me, that track was Kanja. It's really cool. Solid number seven. Also, yeah, it's just good. Seven's walking. Oh, oh <laughs> <Yeah>. nice! <laughs> okay, cool. So, I, I'm trying to get um, all the tracks that I know I love, but might forget about and make the top five, yeah. by the way. And yeah, Walk In, yeah. I think, is a very solid number seven choice. Oh man, because Natsu no Omoide makes me feel really good. Walk In makes me feel even, even better, better than that, so... <laughs> walk In, I, nothing makes me feel like Walk In. It's so good. Even like, Walk In itself. Yeah. Even Christopher Walk In. I mean, we talked about it in our Neo Yankees episode, just like the pure joy of that track. There's nothing that can match it. We put it on for one of our friends recently, and she was like, this is so good. And it's, there's nothing else to say about it. Shout out to Sabrina Mango. Walkin'. All right, my number six, another song that makes me feel good. It's, uh, well, as I called it in the episode, 100 millimeters Choto no, <laughs> but I guess it's actually called... Hyakumiri Choto no. Hyakumiri Choto no. I'm dumb. I just saw 100, and I didn't know to like say it in Japanese. This song is so cool. When I first heard it, it was probably my favorite Fishman song. As I've gone a little bit deeper into their discography, it's fallen a little bit since then. But I love this track. Uh, it definitely still sounds like an anime opening or closing theme. 
but it's just, yeah, it's very unique in terms of just that, like how poppy it is and like that almost Christmassy sounding choir that comes in. I love it. It's great. It's commercial music. Oh, man. <laughs> what, did our, what did our friend Chops say when he was on our episode? He said it sounded like music that they play in like a supermarket. I forgot what supermarket he said. It was like, or like a supermarket ad in the UK. Yeah, which... Uh, and I agree, but like, it's good. <laughs> got a problem with it, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Um, What's yum. your number six? It's... <laughs> Tyree Naitenshi. Unreliable Angel. Nice. Which, Love that. Which, if you would, if if you would have asked me to rank these tracks like a year ago, this would have been number one. Um, but don't take it as a slight against this track because it's um, yeah, perfect. perfect. There's just five other tracks that are even more perfect than it. I've discovered. Well, I so. know we talked about on the Kingmaster episode that we sort of, you know, it's one of the we listened to the '98 version of that song more than the Kingmaster version. I don't. You don't? Oh, I I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking for someone else here. Well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, because they're. I, Chops and I talked about it a bit. How they're definitely they're obviously different, but not in a way where I think the '98 one is so much better than the original. Because I think the original, with those like um, vocal synths. Oh yeah. I don't know the, the whole vibe of the. It definitely is- slots in really well in the album. Ooh yeah. Ooh, Very good. Yeah. All right. Our number five. Whew. <laughs> number five. Okay, so my number five is a track that we have not talked about before on this podcast because it was not on an official studio album but that is going to be go go round this world it was released on the go go round this world single wait a second was that before 1995 was it oh my god am i crazy I maybe put... where maybe it was oh wait let me check i'm pretty sure it was right we're gonna keep this in just so you guys can hear Ray's discovery on Spotify it says 2017 <laughs> okay no but I'm pretty sure Go Go Around This World was released before Orange right it had to, okay it's at least after um, okay. Neo Yankees all I know is that it's on my list and other people voted for it too <laughs> look I wasn't trying to prove you wrong I was all just right. asking but I wasn't there sure. were at least three people who voted for Go Go Around This World. So that I'm just reminded me of, it. like, it just, I thought of it as, like, a mid-period. I thought it was, like, after 1995. Okay. Like before, well, whatever. Either whatever. way, it's on my list, Fine. and it's number five. We haven't talked about it, but the song is so good. It opens with this really cool, like, la, 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 la. I'm going to do it. But it, it once again, it's another Fishman's track that just fills me with joy. It's sort of, I mean, it's not doing anything radically different than a lot of their other songs. Wow, Ray, wait until Ray hears the version on 96 Long Season, released in 2016. She's gonna love it. Also, I'm checking right now, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, this is the fifth most popular Fishman song on Spotify. I wonder why that is. I mean, it's a very good song, I don't have a problem with it. But it's, it's sort of like how Wasurei Chow is the fourth most popular on Spotify, which surprised me because it wasn't like a single and it wasn't really like, not even really considered like the most prominent track from that album. But yeah, GoGo's number five, which is really cool. And it's number five on my list. It fills me with joy. Go I, listen to it. I, I want to say this. Um, look, I love Natsu no Omoide. And honestly, maybe after some consideration, it might remain on the list. But I did sort of, this kind of left my mind. But the version of Smile and Day's Summer Holiday on this single would probably be in this top ten. It's not going to be <gasps> number five. Are you kicking Natsu off? Okay. I just want people to think about this because just this is not an official Chris list. So if in the future I say that Natsu no Omoide has been kicked off, don't be surprised. Uh, let's just do another tie and say that your number ten is Natsu no Omoide and Smiling Days Summer Holiday. How about something better? How about number five is a tie between Smiling Days Summer Holiday and Oasis Ayokuso? 
the melody version. The right? melody okay, version. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> that track, um, Do I talk about both of them then? Smiling Days <laughs> is the most rockin' Fishman song, and I don't want to hear any argument about it because it's the coolest thing ever. Oasis A Yokuso puts me in a really weird headspace. I don't know how to. It's <laughs> same that, energy. Chris really out here with a top 12. <laughs> I'll refine it later on, but it's it's been it's been a that's cool. Week. I think those are both sort of you know they have the same sort of energy because I mean that ver- that version of Smiling Days is like released later. It's not the official album version, and then Oasis is kind of like they're both on maxi singles. Both on, they're both on maxi. Okay, so number number five for you is just maxi single tracks. There you go. <laughs> just not she's kind of asa or naked funk. Uh, people did vote for naked funk. How many? Just one. <laughs> okay. People if you're the guy person. who voted for the naked funk, good for you. All right. So top four. Here we go. I mean, I guess top five is important, but top four is really like where we're getting into the tracks. Yes. These four tracks from each of us are the tracks. The so only tracks that have ever been made. My number four is Murasaka no Sorakara, or From the Purple Sky. From oh, whoa. <gasps> from Corduroy's Mood. This song is just so beautiful. It, it's very evocative. I know we talked in the episode about sort of picturing like an actual purple sky and these beautiful clouds when we hear the song. But yeah, I love it. It's just so peaceful and yeah. Ooh, serene bliss is what I feel when I hear this song. I'm doing a lot of thinking right now because I'm definitely, I might be missing a track here, but if I'm not missing a track, <laughs> number four would be Oasis Ayokuso and then that would put Smiling Days firmly at number five. Let's just say for now, number four is Oasis Ayokuso. Okay. There you go. One less tie that we have to deal with. Yeah, I because I know there's a top five that I had very firmly you didn't planned write out. it down? No, I, did. I think I started <laughs> it and I was like, I'll get back All to right, this. All right, top three then. My number three is Wasure Chao Hijotoki from Orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this song really for me, I know not a lot of people, but it's the, the definitive track from Orange. It's so good. That crazy like synth that comes in during the verse, just like the grooves of it. I love it. It's, um, it's great. So for, for me, I'm, I'm glad to see it as the number four track of theirs on Spotify, even though it confuses me as to why it's there. It's true. I mean, love it. Good for Wasura Chahi Jitoki. Um, good for Murasaki no Sarukara as well, because <gasps> oh, nice. that is my number three I'm glad we both have choice. It. Oh my god. Ooh. Ooh. This is how oh well, And I'll exciting. tell you now, I was kind of sad. So like in, in the early audience poll, Murasaka was on the audience. Murasaka, isn't that a person? Mur- oh. Murasaki. Murasaki. Murasaki was on the audience poll. It was like seven or eight. But as more people voted, it fell off. And it is now, I think if I if I ranked like past the top 10, it was probably like 12 or 13. Oh, man. So I'm glad that we both have it so high because like, even though a lot of you guys love it, it was not really reflected in the audience poll. It is my number three though. <laughs> but so it's good. <laughs> you can rest easy knowing that I love it more than most other Fishman's tracks. All right, my number two is a track that Chris already mentioned and it is Walkin'. I was really debating whether I should put this at number one, but at the end of the day, it is a little bit too Goofy. Dumb <laughs> and goofy. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. It's favor. It de- it definitely works in its favor, but I think if I had to pick one track from this era of Fishman's that sums it up, and I chose Walkin', I think that would be wrong. Funky. So, but either way, it's number two. It's pretty much my favorite song of all time. <laughs> so that means that means your number one is your actual favorite song of all time, which is fun. Yes, but first, what's your number two? Hi, right, number two. 
is Blue Summer, baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it, I, 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 don't... I actually, I know you told us this earlier in the podcast, <laughs> but like going over all these songs, I actually forgot what your top two were. <laughs> Blue Summer, I don't think it's underrepresented at all because I think a good amount of people know about it. There's a compilation with the title is Blue Summer. But also, I don't hear it talked about enough, especially with Ray, because he doesn't really care for the track as much as I do. But oh man, this track has some good things going on. It, it's, it's very powerful, and it is very, dare I say, good. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just realized you did forget a track in your top ten, because my number one is a track that I know is in your top ten, and you did not mention it. And it is Doyobi no York. <laughs> that's what it, that's what, the, okay, hold on, hold on. That's, let's bring back the tie for number five. And Doyobi no Yoru is my number four. I will work on this list later. Uh, his but. list is a mess. Not really, you just got two ties. Everything else is pretty okay. solid. Doyobi no Yoru is my number four choice. <laughs> Either way, Doyobi no Yoru is my number one track. We're talking about the studio version on King Master George. It hits so hard, it's so good, it's in, so catchy instantly. Like, I sing along to it in the car. Even though you don't Even know what you're saying. No, I mean, like, it's pretty easy. That's true. Um, it's just like, oh, it's so good. It never gets old, dude. It's like ear candy. He's right, and I totally agree with him. Um, it's still my number four choice. Yeah, Doyobi. Uh, it's just, yeah. And I think for this period, with that like sort of dub sound that they're incorporating in their early years, that's like what Doyobi's all about. That's true. It's just, it's the track. Everything he has to say about it is how I feel about it. Okay, um, so what's your number one, even though you already told us what it was like at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Ray's been new this anyway. I keep talking about it. My number one choice uh, is Kancha Odoroki. Damn! Don't act surprised. <laughs> wow! Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh, the moment the song starts, I'm like, ah, yes, I should keep living. Yeah, it's definitely life affirming. It affirms my life so hard. That's like every Fishman's track, but definitely Concha. Definitely Concha. It, it feels like a celebration. I don't know what's a celebration for, but it's a pretty good celebration. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh. Mm, it's oh, man. the track. <laughs> Probably the best Fishman's track. Just... Uh, well, that's a spoiler for, like, the list we'll do in a few months when we're <laughs> ranking all the Fishman's tracks. You guys just need to know that I care about this track more than I care about Ray as a person. That's valid. I, I, I'll never be as good as Kancha Odoroki. How does it feel? <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, so do you want to get into the audience rankings for the tracks? Uh, yeah, why not? Cool. So before we do this, let me explain how I ranked it. It was a little bit different than the albums because... Uh, we're ranking our top 10 songs, and like I could have had every person's number one choice be worth 10 points, just going down to one point, but I felt like that was kind of like messed up for the, the songs, because then like if three people vote for a song, it's at like 30 points if they all put it at number one. That's true. But if three people vote for a song at number 10, it's only three points, which is kind of messed up. So I sort of condensed this. So basically, if you put a song at number one, it was four points. If you put a song between number two and four, it was three points. If you put a song between number five and seven, it was two points. And then between eight and 10 was one point, which sort of meant that- That's a lot better. You still got an advantage if you were like number one, but it definitely decreased. So the tracks were much closer. And this list changed a lot while we were ranking it. I mean, it kind of got to a point a few weeks in to the, the voting where I was like, oh, like that makes sense as a top 10. And then a few more people voted, including our friend One Chops. Also, the, I think the, the owner of the Discord server, Silver, Silver, Silver Kyle. voted. So Kyle and One Chops voted, and then the 
the, 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 the ranking radically changed, especially with the last few tracks. So now it's definitely kind of strange. Good job, good job guys. We appreciate it. <laughs> but you. I think it's really cool. I mean, a lot of the different albums were represented, so let's get into it. The number 10 song of Early Fishman's, as voted on by you, the audience, the people, is Kancha Odoroki, but not the <laughs> studio version. The okay. version from O Mountain. That's which is okay. Very that is a lot weird more... and strange. Yeah, I know Chris would be pissed off if it was the studio version at number ten. I would stop hosting the podcast. But yeah, no, I thought this was really cool that we got like a live version of a track in the top ten. A lot of people voted for this one. It seemed like uh, it was sort of the consensus pick. I we got votes for a few O Mountain tracks, including Running Man, Dayobi, uh, Melody, Oasis, like Ikaretsa, Every Day, Every Night, even like everything pretty much got a vote. But um, Kancha was the champion. Like it seemed like that was sort of the pick for the the best uh, studio sort of studio to live track from a mountain. Good job, guys. That's it's fine. I'll let it. <laughs> it's it's cool. All right. So then number nine was one that really surprised me, and it didn't <laughs> appear until the very end. But a lot of people voted for this one. It is Ikotoba Chodai, the opening Ooh. track from King Master George. That's how. Because I kind of get it. It's a track that I kind of forget about. Not because it's forgettable, but because you know, there's just so many great Fishman's tracks to go around. Mm-hmm. But number nine seems like a really good, a good yeah. spot for it. A lot of people had put this on their lists like near the middle, so it had built up quite a few points. But then I know Chops had it, I think, at either number one or number two, which really like elevated it and sent it into the top ten. Good job, Jake. So, yeah, I know it was his favorite track from Kingmaster. Yeah. But really cool. I mean, kind of a deep cut. There were a lot of songs on King Master that did not make it onto this list, but that one did. So I'm surprised. Number eight, as voted on by the audience, was Kiboon. Kiboon. Oh, okay. From Orange. Cool. I know where yeah. it's from. It's. Yeah. I feel like we kind of forgot it on our lists. It's definitely a track that we both think is perfect. When I was thinking about my top 10, you know, as I was coming up with it, <laughs> I was like, should I put Kiboon on there? Because I know I really like Kiboon and I really like the melody. But no, no. But yeah, no. It's, it's really great. good track. I'm glad it's here. Uh, a lot of orange tracks ended up on this list, and this is one of them. It's it's good. <laughs> All right, number seven. You'll be happy. Is the second song from O Mountain on this list? It's Blue Summer. I'm not happy. That's it's, way too low. They're voting on all the tracks, dude. <laughs> I know. But Blue it Summer got a lot of love. One. It was the pretty much almost everyone had Blue Summer on their list at some point. Like a lot of people had it a bit lower. That's but it was fine. Like, I'm fine. You guys are pretty valid. much. If someone had an O Mountain song on their list, it was Blue Summer because it's it's the song. Thank you guys. All right, number six is Wasurai Chao Hitotoki. Okay. From Orange. It's another <laughs> Orange track. <laughs> Chris is unenthused. This one was cool. I was glad to see that people dug it. I mean, they must because like everyone's streaming it on Spotify apparently. <laughs> it would, I'd be surprised if no one voted for it. <laughs> All right, so top five. Um, do you have any predictions for like number five? Hmm, I feel like, is Melody in the top five at all? Yes, that's all I'll tell you. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw out tracks, see if they're in the top five. I'm not gonna tell you all, okay, I'll just Uh, tell you what what number five is. Okay, fine. It's a song that you had on your list. It is Unreliable Angel. Oh, yeah. From Kingmaster. Yeah, Yeah, no, this one got a lot of votes. Um, I think, you know, it, it appears on 98, so a lot of people really... They probably heard it on there first. They hear it on Kingmaster. And they're it's like, a wow, perfect it's song. Yeah. Unreliable Angel. All right. Number four. Chris is going to be pissed. <laughs> it is the studio version of Kancha Odoroki. Not as mad as you think I am. Because I know... That's really good. <laughs> I know a lot of people love the track, but it's not like 
the definitive early Fishman's track. Or, well, I think so. <laughs> I just I, I, I know other people aren't like pining for Concho Todoroki the same way I do. I don't know. Lots of people had it at number one or. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. I'm yeah. stupid. I don't. I don't think you loving Concha is like a hot take. That's not what I'm saying. It's just like, not that it's a hot take, but that it's not necessarily the most popular opinion. Yeah, but it's in the top four. Woo! So victory for Concha. All right, and then we get into the top three, which are really like the titans of early Fishmans. Oh wait, Ikareta Baby. That is number three. <laughs> so yeah, Ikareta Baby is number three. Uh, makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like their most successful song in Japan. One of the most successful songs in like the West with us and like the people on the internet. That's true. It's so good, and there's so many variations of it. It's really like iconic. If there's a Fishman song I want to get played at my wedding, it's Ikareta Baby. I was thinking more like Baby, or just <laughs> Wedding Baby. <laughs> no, just Baby piano mix. All right, well, top two. I mean, I already told you that Melody was on here, and Melody is number two. This really surprised me. I honestly thought that Melody would be number one, and I know that neither of us had it in our lists. But um, it's close to I just fun. know that so many people love Melody, and so many people had it at number one. People were like, Melody, Melody, and like generally they were the same people who had Orange at number one. Okay, it seems cool. to go hand in hand. But Melody, yeah, it's, it's another track that's on 98, so there's a lot of, like, it's, it's considered like a classic, like a staple of Fishman's. And yeah, I mean, I, I explained in our episode that I'm not super big on it, but I definitely get the appeal. It's You should. It's rocking. <laughs> the chorus is cool. Like, Locus. I'm glad that it's on here. I will say that. All right, and number one, do you have, you get one guess <laughs> for what the number one, I mean, because think about it, there are the tracks that we talked about, there's Walkin' is not on here so far, Doyobi no Yoru is not on here so far. But I, they, people wouldn't be voting for those. They didn't, because neither of those songs are number one, which makes me sad. <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely Baby Blue. Just, <laughs> uh... Just give me. I'll give a, you half a second to guess. I mean, I was honestly kind of surprised. I guess it was a track that I knew there was a lot of appreciations for, but I didn't really know that it would be like so high on everybody's list. Can I at least get what album it's on? No, no, that's no, too much. that's can, too much. Can I? Can I get a couple guesses on what album it's on? No, you get one guess on the track, and that's all you get. Oh man, I just really <laughs> want to be right about something for once in my life. Um. If put yourself in the mind of someone who listens to the yeah. fish cast and you're sitting back and you're like, man, I'm going to think of the best Fishman song from the first like five years. And this is the one that comes to you and you're like, that's the song. <laughs> is it Running Man? It's not. It is Nantitano. <laughs> oh, how did I forget about that? Right? Yeah, it's very yeah. obviously Nantitano. I mean, kind of weird that Running Man didn't end up in the top 10, but I was I, I was surprised by Nantitano. Like, I knew that people liked it, but I didn't know that people liked it, like, that much. That's so cool. It makes sense to me. Not necessarily number one, but I knew it was going to rank pretty highly. But obviously, I didn't know. Because you didn't, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, that, I mean, once again, it's from 98, but also, like, I think this one... It, the, 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 like the Kingmaster version kind of, it's its own thing. Like it's so relaxed and just that classic sort of like keyboard chorus. If I'm not mistaken, I believe even now, I think it's it's the only bolded track on Kingmaster George. Oh really? Yeah, wow. originally it was like that and like Hyakumidi Chotono, uh, but now I think it's just Nantitano. That's very cool. So yeah, Nantitano, I mean, honestly, even though we didn't rank it in our top tens, I'm glad that this is number one. Because if it wasn't on anyone's list, that'd be kind of sad. 
So yeah, not Titano is the number one. So that's the top 10 as voted on by you guys. Thanks everyone who sent in your votes because I feel like, I mean, aside from maybe Ikotava and like the O Mountain version of Kancha at number nine and 10, I think this is a very sort of realistic list for what a lot of fans are into. And you then, just confirmed our suspicions I mean, I that you guys it. are all sheep. <laughs> yes, but that's the whole point of doing like I know. I'm a I poll. <laughs> Alright, so then uh, before we head out, we're gonna go over a couple interesting votes. I mean like a lot of tracks got votes, but um I know there was one person who voted for intro from Orange. Shout out Taffy, you are definitely <laughs> valid and correct. I also want to make an addendum to my list. Intro is the greatest Fishman song ever made. You're also valid, honestly. So yeah, shout out intro. And then, oh, there was one person who voted for Pacific Ocean. Was it you? It wasn't, no, (laughs) we didn't include our own votes. No, but like, if you're listening, I don't know who you were, but like, good job, I guess. (laughs) You're a freak. Keep doing you. We got a vote for Wedding Baby, which was cool. Only one person voted for Reindeer. Interesting. Um, And... Yeah. There, oh, there was also a vote for Tsukara Naihito. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Whoever you are, I don't have any respect for you. Wow. Leave. Okay. But I yeah. should also make another correction. Uh, it's not the <laughs> it's not the only bolded track, but for a while it was. But now, it, it is the one with the highest rating. But I Kotoba Chodai and Hyakumiri Chotono are oh. also bolded. Who knew? Yeah, I guess the only tracks that I'm surprised didn't end up in the audience top 10 are like Doyobi and From the Purple Sky, both of which were the songs that were in there before um, Ikotaba and uh, that live Kancha went in. So that's why like that earlier list, I honestly liked it a little bit more. But I, I think this new one's really cool because it's just like, it's weird <laughs> and it's cool. It's got two versions of Kancha Odoroki in it, which I think <laughs> which makes, makes the list good for you. The fact. <laughs> That it's not number one, it's that it shows up twice. It's almost like, yeah, if you combined all the votes for both conscious, it would have been number one on the list. You guys were so close. You guys are so close. Just decide which one you want. Cool, so those are the lists. So yeah, like I said, we're going to do another one of these later on once we finish talking about the Setagaya trilogy. Which and I'm excited for. 98, basically. That one will be voting for all the later, later period tracks so we can figure out what the best one. I mean, it's going to be long season. <laughs> I swear, if you guys vote for long season as number one, I will actually And I think for that one, we'll, we'll probably just have long season as one track, because I think having people vote for like different sections of long season feels kind of weird. Kind of defeats the whole purpose of long they, season. They don't really... I mean, that'd be weird to be like, long season part three is my number one track, but long season part two is my number like seven track. Like, it's kind of strange. <laughs> it's strange. It You could make an argument for it, especially since I think the original release labeled it as five parts separately. But also, no, it's one track. It's one track. But anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. So our next episode next month, we're kind of going to resume our normal album discussions by talking about the first installment of the Setagaya Trilogy, which is Kuchu Camp. Y'all better be ready I'm for that. I'm very excited. We're starting to get into the period of Fishman's that people actually like care about. <laughs> Which is a shame. But, but I think it was it's... important to cover these early albums. I mean, like, we talked about and some I hope, you know, weird I hope, stuff that they did. Yeah, people that are listening to this podcast, as you guys are listening to the discography, you guys are champs. Love you. Champs. But you yeah, I'm really pretty... excited to start talking about Setagaya. We're going to come back with some new guests in the future as well. And it's going to be a time. So yeah, once again, thank you for sending in lists and rankings and if you didn't well now you know that we're going to be doing it again in a few months so hopefully then you can tell us how much you love long season both as an album and as a song (laughs) 
All right, so wonderful. yeah, until then, go listen to Orange and listen to Nantatana, which are apparently the best album and track of the early Fishmans. Also listen to Concha Odoroki. Because everyone loves Concha Odoroki. <laughs> also, Blue Summer. Over okay. and over again, as much as you can. All right. <laughs> good night, goodbye, and good luck. Stay fishy. I must stay-